I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode 16, Why Maintenance for Your Pelvic Floor Matters. Years and years ago, and I'm sure that you can relate to this story, but years and years ago, one of my best friends and I said we were going to get in the best shape we could for her wedding. Now, of course, she was the bride. I was just a friend showing up, and I wanted to look really good in this dress that I was planning on buying. And her and I worked out together all the time, which is why we felt like we could be really great encouragers for each other. And we were outstanding. We followed macros. We worked out and lifted weights five to six days a week. We drank our water. We did everything that we needed to do for our bodies to look the way that we wanted to, which really was just strong fit. That's what we were after. And we achieved our goals. We looked great. Maybe I could look for a picture and find it to post somewhere, but we looked great that day and we both felt confident and comfortable in our dresses. So she got married in November and when December rolled around and January rolled around, we both were not working out as much as we were. One, because it was the holidays. Two, we were busy with family. And three, we lived in Idaho at the time and it was freezing. And so putting on little workout shorts and going to the gym, it was hard for us because it was so cold. And come January, we started talking. I remember this conversation. We were at our house, probably snacking on food that was not within our macros at the time. And we both said, something to the effect of, wow, remember how good we looked at your wedding (laughs) or my wedding? And I thought, yeah, but I mean, to be fair, we didn't maintain it. So I'm sure you're probably thinking of a time where you put in a lot of effort and you had this goal to run a marathon or to really get in great physique for a family vacation for a swimsuit or what have you. And While I'm not here to say what your goals should or shouldn't be, I think most of us have had a goal of that kind at some point. And I know that you know that if I told you the story and I said, well, why our bodies didn't look like they did at the wedding, you know, two months later, and you would probably say without even needing to have any (laughs) source of knowledge on this topic is well, were you doing the same things you were doing to get there? And of course the answer is no. And interestingly enough, I had this same conversation with a potential client of mine. 
she messaged me and she said, hey, I, I keep seeing you talk about, and she must have, I don't actually talk about this program very much. So I think it's kind of funny that she brought it up to me. But she said, I've heard you talk about this pelvic floor 2.0 program you have. I'm super confused why, why you're talking about it. Like, why would I even need it? I already did what I needed to do to stop leaking with my physical therapist. So why would I need that? Why, why are you even talking about it? And I, well, first I should say I was super thankful that this was in the DMs because I giggled when I read it because I thought, wait, I know you work out. I know that you know the benefits of maintaining your strength once you've achieved once you have achieved it. And it just made me laugh because I thought, wait a minute. This is something that people may or may not understand. So I continued to talk to her and I, and I told her that same story and she of course said, well, yeah, you and your friend weren't doing the things you needed to do to get there. And I said, okay, well, let's back up then. So if you had to do some things to get there, meaning that you had to work on strengthening your pelvic floor to get to your goal of not leaking, don't you think that you might need to maintain those muscles? And she said, oh, I never thought about it that way. I keep forgetting that my pelvic floor is a muscle. So that's what I want to talk to you about today is the importance of maintenance. And I could also sit and tell you about the hundreds of women that will message me two, three, four, five, six, nine months, a year, a year and a half later after they've gotten done working with me. And they've said, yeah, I think I think I need to come back and, and work with you again or see you again because... I'm leaking again, or I can't get to the bathroom on time anymore, or I don't feel as strong as what I used to. And I always ask, this is the follow-up question I will always ask. Well, tell me how it's going with the last programming that I gave you. And they'll say, oh yeah, I haven't touched it since then. And I said, well, okay, while I would love to work with you again, and you can totally decide, why don't you start working on that and see how it goes? And I have some patients and clients that will go to work on what I had last given them, however long ago that was. And they'll message me back in two weeks and say, oh yeah, I don't need to come see you. I'm good. And then some of them want to come work with me again, just probably for the accountability or to update their programming, or there's probably some other circumstances there. But again, even that component. So they had gone all these months and not maintained the progress or their outcome or their goal. And then they would go and work on the programming just for two weeks and they would already see a difference. And so let that's what I want to talk to you about today is that there is a difference between therapeutic strengthening and maintenance. So think about therapeutic strengthening in the sense of if you had knee surgery or if you sprained your ankle or if your arm or ankle was in a cast or something, there would be a lot of work and a lot of strengthening to get those muscles back to the place where they could tolerate all the activities of your daily life. Shopping, cleaning, writing, typing, texting, driving, getting dressed, performing hygiene, you name it. Those muscles aren't just going to come out of the cast and be ready to go. You would have to be able to get those muscles strong enough to return to those activities. 
Now, most of the time, our daily life can be enough to maintain that strength that we were after, after this hypothetical fractured or broken ankle or sprained wrist or broken wrist or what have you. But the effort to get to that goal will always be more than what maintenance is. So I tell you that part because one, I think you understand the principles that after you were to break a wrist or an ankle that you would have to do a lot of work and a lot of strengthening to get those muscles back to helping you perform whatever activities that you do on the daily. But the part that always gets missed, I should say, is that the therapeutic wise, the you know, the getting your muscles to where they need to be, there's more effort there than there needs to be in maintenance. And I think for some, if they understood this principle, they could see, okay, well, I could easily put the work in for the time that I need to, and then I get to back off, and then maintenance is easy. And this principle is very similar. So just like, you know, you might want to do, because this episode will air at the beginning of the year, many of us, myself included, we are going through our houses and we are decluttering and getting rid of things. And we're probably asking ourselves, my gosh, how did I let it get this bad? It's terrible in here. There's so much junk. Where did, where did all this come from? And really, right, it's a ton of effort to go through and to declutter, even just a room or the kitchen or something. And then maintenance, even if we do just a little bit of work to maintain that, we will never have to do as much work as what we did to get it to that goal. So what I mean by that is, is let's say you make an effort to, a big effort, I should say, to declutter your entire kitchen. And that might be, like I think it is for a lot of people, kind of a dumping ground for all the paperwork and the random objects that we don't know where to go and the junk drawer, right? Like I think the junk drawer resides in all kitchens or at least somewhere nearby. But what if you said, okay, well, as I'm wiping down the kitchen counters and tidying up each night, I'm just going to check on one cabinet each night and just make sure that I don't need to tidy up, that there's nothing in there that shouldn't be. So imagine if you did that for a whole year, this little bit of maintenance after you did this major decluttering and got rid of all the things, everything now has a home and each week you just did a little maintenance. Come January of next year when, well, if I should say, you feel so inclined to do a big declutter again, but you already did maintenance leading up to it. My question to you is, would that declutter need to be, or would it require as much effort as what it did the year before? Probably not because you're doing a little bit of work each week to maintain that. And so I love this principle because I think it's one of those things that we, we miss it. You know, the same could be said with weight loss. If you have to put a ton of effort into managing your calories in, calories out, or tracking your macros and hitting those numbers and making sure that you're working out, if you're on the journey to lose weight, it's going to require a lot more effort than it is to maintain that weight loss 
later on down the road once you've met that goal. So this is a principle that I really want to illustrate for you because, again, I think it's something that gets missed, but it's also something so easy and so valuable that if we were to maintain our pelvic floor strength or the kitchen or our weight loss or our fitness goals, like my friend and I for her wedding, whatever it is, I think we underestimate the value of maintenance. And I'll even say this too. I think our brains probably love the idea of like an overhaul of the kitchen or an overhaul of on our fitness routine and the food we're eating. It probably gets bored with the maintenance part. But it's one of those things that even though it's quote unquote boring, it still provides a lot of value. So here's where I want to give you a couple of tips on this matter is first, whatever it is, and maybe this episode for you doesn't relate to your pelvic floor, or maybe it does. But the first thing I would ask you is what goal are you after slash what goal have you not been maintaining? So for the purposes of this episode, let's talk about your pelvic floor. I want you to decide, okay, well, am I in like the therapeutic or like trying to reach a goal stage or do I need to be in the maintenance stage? That's what I would ask yourself. So as far as pelvic floor strengthening goes, if you're in the therapeutic, meaning you need to gain some strength in order to achieve your goals, I would be doing pelvic floor strengthening four to six days a week. If you're in maintenance mode, I would be doing two to four days a week. So that way you kind of have an idea of frequency. Now, if this has to do with decluttering or weight loss or whatever, you can decide what seems best for you, but I'm the expert on the pelvic floor. So those are my recommendations for frequency. And then what I would say as it relates to your pelvic floor, I want you to utilize my method of strengthening the pelvic floor, the VAB3 method. V is for vertical, A is for above, B is for below, and three is for all three planes. If you are interested in learning more on that, I will link the episode below where I go through my method of strengthening the pelvic floor. It's in a previous episode where you can pick two of those components and utilize that for pelvic floor strengthening. So I'm hopeful that today's episode gave you a new look on maintenance and how easy it is to really maintain what we have worked so hard to achieve. So the homework for today's episode is to first decide if you need to be in maintenance mode or if you need to be on the journey to achieving a goal. If you're the latter, sign up for a personalized pelvic floor plan with me. The link will be in the show notes. And remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V, period, by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.